0: Hello, everybody.
1: Welcome to the second episode of the All Things OV podcast. My name is Peter. I'm your host. And today we're having Jacob Frumken with us, who is one of the co-founders. And also, uh, I suppose I could call him the technical director behind OV. Good afternoon, Jacob. Hello. So today, um, this podcast, I want to focus on a few things on the technical side of OV. And since you are the technical mastermind behind the platform, obviously you're the one to talk to. So let's get things uh, started at the basics. Um, we don't want to get super technical into this podcast, but it is important to uh, see where we're starting from. So Jacob, why don't you tell a little bit about the fundamentals that Ophi is based upon?
0: Yes. Okay. So Ophi is built off of Azure. And the reason why we're using Azure is because uh, they have a feature called auto-scaling. And what auto-scaling does is that if we get like a spike of traffic on Ophi, like all of a sudden, um, Azure will automatically scale up for us and it will automatically let all the traffic go on our site without without making it crash.
1: Okay, so if there's, for example, one very popular experience suddenly that, and suddenly a whole bunch of people go to the side, the side doesn't crash.
0: Yes, exactly. Is that an unlimited um,
1: feature? What's that? Is that an unlimited amount?
0: Um, I don't think it's unlimited, but um, there's there's obviously limits, but it's almost unlimited. Um, Azure is so big that it it has so much like auto scaling capability that it's like really hard to, it's it's really hard to break Azure. Okay, so that is also future proofing your platform, I suppose.
1: Yes. How important is it to make these decisions early on? Because I can imagine when once you have the platform up and running, you can't just switch. Um, sort of fundamental building blocks?
0: Yes. Um, well, it's really important to pick out like a really good um, service like Azure because um, if you would pick another service that's like lower in quality and that's cheaper and stuff like that, um, it just like isn't going to be as good in the future. Um, in the future, what's going to happen is like one day your your website goes viral and then... Um, you get a lot of traffic and all of a sudden it crashes and no one can visit your website be- because it's down.
1: Yeah, no second chances, right? Yeah. So how how often, um, or better, at, at which stage of building OFI did you guys get together and made the decision between several other platforms and Azure in the
0: end? Um, so Azure was our first choice because we have used it for like, Ether Editor projects in the past and stuff like that. Um, and we already knew that Azure had like all these cool features and stuff like that. Like it also has like Azure error logging and stuff like that where we can easily see if there's any errors on Ofi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So is it, um, is it difficult to get going from there on? Cause once you, you've made the decision to go for that uh, system then I suppose from there on, it is just building the fundamental framework and then you're good to go.
0: Yes, so um, after we built like the, the actual code for Ovi, uh, we just have to put it on on Azure, and we already did put it on Azure. And after that, all you have to do is build up Ovi, and it's audit, It's like really easy to to update it on Azure and like re-upload it online.
1: Okay. So this uh, brings us obviously nice and neatly to your upgrade cycle. How much of OFI today is different from when you started
0: earlier in the year? Because we are now six months in or something, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things that are different. I mean, back then we had like a lot of parts of OFI that that we got a lot of feedback on that people were saying it was hard to use, something like that. So we changed a lot of the platform and at first... We actually went off a template, um, and now uh, we changed the we changed the template so much that it's kind of hard to recognize the original template. Like that's how much changes we made.
1: Would you say it's a complete overhaul since when you started? Since the first iteration? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, we added like a whole new calendar system and a whole entire ad listing system, and we changed basically every aspect of Ovi. Like,
1: yeah. That's pretty cool, so can you um sort of quickly explain how the upgrade cycle works because obviously when you make something, you think it's fine, but then you get feedback from users, and how does that how does, how does that circle work for you
0: Yes, uh so first, what we do is we okay we get request of features um, and we also just find uh, features that we have to implement like. Um, in general. And after we get those features, we have to code them in into the website. Um, and after we code all these features, um we have to test everything a lot um to make sure that there's any bugs or anything like that. Yeah. Um and then after we test, uh we just upload it uh to the server and um we make sure that like and like in the next upcoming weeks, um, we make sure that everything we did um, is working, obviously, and we make sure that we didn't make anything that is really confusing or it's hard to use. Um, so yeah, it's basically just like a cycle of like updating and refining and and like asking for feedback and everything that to make uh, Ofi like have the best UI and experience possible.
1: Yeah. Uh, but you don't have, like, a dedicated test panel or anything.
0: Oh, no. Actually, we, so when we actually build Ophi, uh, we build it on our own machines. So we have a duplicate of the code on our machines. Um, and then, yeah, so um, after, we, after we finish uh, building all the features in Ophi, uh, we have a test server online. That we uploaded it uploaded to, um, and I, We can kind of see, um, yeah, we, we can test, um, if everything's working and yeah, and then we also okay. We're using a a um database called SQL yeah. Um, and that's where we store all our data. And SQL is a very nice database. It has all sorts of features, like it um, it has like uh, a feature where if one of the the servers goes down, um, it will automatically, uh, we have copies of the exact same database on multiple different locations in the world. Um, And that way uh, we know like that if one of our SQL servers fail, uh, we can automatically change it to another one of the SQL servers. Okay, so
1: that together with your Azure framework, you have a pretty solid redundancy system. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's nice. Is that also, because um, obviously I mean, looking further in the future, you're going to scale further and further. Is this future proof yes. as well?
0: Yes. hundred percent. That's nice. Uh, like I said before, like we're hosting Azure, so there, there's like an auto scaling capability and that will always protect us for the future. Awesome.
1: Um, so with, with your feedback cycle sort of in place, but uh, I s- would assume that you're relying heavily on the feedback that you get from the users of the platform itself. Yes, of course. Are you going to move to a system in the future where you have like a dedicated <laughs> test panel of, let's say, whatever, 25 people, both uh, creators and users that give you sort of uh, regular feedback on specific features that you tell them to look at? Is that a realistic future scenario?
0: Yes, that's that's for sure in the future. and. That's gonna happen, of course, after O3 gets um, a lot bigger um, and after we can actually pay people to test our website and and, and stuff like that.
1: Do you do some, cause you mentioned you have a test server where you you put your initial code on before you publish it to the live site. Do you sort of do a lot of AB testing um, with colors, with fonts, with uh, locations of boxes and that kind of stuff to see where the traffic goes or is that also a step for the future?
0: Um, Well, we are, okay, so currently, uh, we aren't really testing that with the, um, with like the, with our actual users on our websites. Uh, Currently, we're testing it um, to ourselves to make sure that everything looks good. Uh, We don't want anything to look really off. Um, We have like our own style in Ofi, and we don't want anything to look too like off style. Yeah, that makes sense. So, looking uh, again, looking ahead into the future,
1: the the platform is up and running for about half a year now. Um, what do you see as your biggest technical challenges uh, for, let's say, the next six months?
0: Um, so, currently, our biggest challenge is to get traffic to our sites. Yeah. Uh, that, that that isn't really a technical challenge, um, but that's currently our biggest challenge. Our biggest technical challenge, I think, is time because coding takes a lot of time, right? So. Um, even though we have a giant backlist of, backlist of features that we need to complete, um, we only really have two developers on our team, um, so um, it's all about time. Uh, we don't have enough time to finish like every single feature in backlist. No. We have to pick ones that are that, that are that are most important. Uh, to to make the user experience the the, the, the best it possible, possibly can. Fair enough. So you
1: have enough things to update but you're just limited in what you f- can physically do in the time available. Yes. That makes sense. Well, we will talk to um, your other two co-founders in future episodes to sort of see how they see the challenges of getting traffic to the site. Um, in terms of moving forward, though, if there's no, uh, let's say, limitations in your scaling and you do have plenty of sort of features in the bag once you've done coding them, um, then I would say it's pretty much smooth sailing from here on.
0: Yes, of course. Uh, yeah. On the technical side, like everything is really smooth. Uh, everything is really easy to, to scale up. And um, we can keep adding new features and everything like that um, to make Ophi, like a lot bigger. So in a,
1: uh, an episode that uh, actually I did with you uh, for the Stay Home Dad podcast, um, we talked a little bit about the fact that Ofi is so unique in the fact that you're hosting live experiences, but you're not hosting anything on the site itself. So you have, in in essence, you have a very lightweight site. Yes. Is that your 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 biggest technical strength? That you you do have a platform that is robust and scalable, like you explained. Uh, but you're not, you know, you're not a heavy platform like YouTube, for example, that is hosting everything internally. Is that your biggest yes, technical yeah. strength?
0: Um yeah. That is that is one of one of our biggest strengths um, because that way we don't have to store too much data outside of maybe like um, our experiences and our users in our database. Yes, uh, which which makes everything like more more lightweight and everything like it basically it just makes everything have a smaller amount of storage, which makes everything easier to handle.
1: Yes, not to mention a lot cheaper.
0: Yes, um, so. Obviously, OV is a small
1: platform relative to uh, some of the competitors out there uh, and lightweight. Um, does that make you more nimble as well than those bigger platforms like, for example, Masterclass or um, Learn.com or whatever it might be?
0: Because um, I can imagine
1: sure. you can implement a new fe- if If a user comes up with a brilliant feature and you're like, yes, that needs to happen right away, then you can just get to work and implement it effectively as soon as you can get the coding done.
0: Yes, uh so yeah. Um anytime like a user um gives us a request or a feature that we think could work really well on the platform, um we we can discuss the feature with all our uh with everyone on our team and after we decide that the feature we think is is going to be like uh, really good in and OFI and, and has a chance to make OFI better, uh, we will add it.
1: That's nice. That actually does make you nibble then, that's good. Alright, so um, you told us about sort of the technical backbone of the platform itself. Um, can you tell us a little bit about upcoming new features of the platform?
0: Yes, uh, so um, we already had some had some features that we already added in the, in the last few weeks, like uh, one of them was actually a newsletter yeah, and that's nice. um, how yeah and then how we did a newsletter is that uh, we actually ha- we store a lot of data on each user to see exactly uh, which which type of experiences they like um so and that way we can kind of we we can make a personalized um experience list for each user okay so the newsletter um, that i get really is cool. not the
1: same newsletter as my neighbor would get
0: Yes, uh-huh. and like in the future, uh, we're uh, planning to add this new feature, which is which is going to be basically a mapping system for each uh, experience. And how that's going to work is that uh, we're going to map each experience to each other, and we're going to assign a score to each to each of these links, and that way, um, based on which experiences each user sees and views. Um, and each experience that they book, uh, will have a larger idea of which experiences they might want to take in future. That makes sense. Which is really so it's a little bit like
1: recommended videos on YouTube.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, and that's really cool. And we're also actually planning to add, an, add that on the website as well. Like uh, we're planning to add maybe like a, a, a new page where where like each user can see like their recommended experiences on the actual OFI page. Okay,
1: so then you don't have to, like, um, start browsing through all the experiences anymore, but you get a more uh, curated list just for you. Yes. Ah. And is that going to come, like, next week, or is that sort of further into the year?
0: Uh, so we already have the, the newsletter already out there. Um, and to enhance the newsletter... Uh, I think we're going to add this new system probably in the next, like, one or two okay, weeks. that's pretty really quick. Um, and, yeah, uh, that all depends on how hard it's, it's going to be to, to implement, of course, um, and how hard it's going to be to add to, to the websites. Yeah. And that's going to, of course, add a lot of new testing to the whole process, which might take yes. longer. Because I can imagine um,
1: you also have to juggle uh, some cookie settings, privacy restrictions, and all that kind of stuff. Yes, yes. That makes sense. Uh, would, it, would it only um, work for people that have a profile on Alfie?
0: Yes, uh, because the only way that we can track their data is if they already have a profile yes, on Alfie. Yes, that makes sense, and are
1: logged in at the moment they visit. Yes. Which which should be nothing new, because that's pretty much the same for every website. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, that's, that sounds like a pretty big feature. Any um, other features that are sort of in the pipeline?
0: Um. Yes. So um, we're actually adding this really cool system. Um, we're adding an aff- affiliate program to OFI um, where um, we kind of want people to um, advertise experiences with OFI and we're planning on like paying people to help us advertise an OFI uh, to, av- to advertise experiences in OFI and OFI in general. Mm-hmm. So we're actually planning to add an affiliate program like in the next week or so. Um, and that, that's going to be our big plan to advertise Ophi uh, because that way, like once people are making money to advertise Ophi, um, we're pretty sure that there's going to be more demand and we're hoping that it, it's going to start like a, a cycle of advertising. Um, and hopefully it will increase our traffic on, on our side. That lot. makes sense
1: actually. Cause that's a win-win for everybody. Effectively.
0: Yes. Smart. Um, and the last the last feature that we're adding to OFI uh, that we're probably going to add in, in the next week or so um, is that um, currently uh, we only have the option to register on OFI and you have to make your whole entire account yeah. in OFI, uh, which is which is kind of time-consuming. And we saw that on many other websites, uh, they allowed the functionality uh, to log in with Google and that Facebook. That makes sense, yes. Uh, so yeah, that's another feature that we're gonna add in the, in the next week or so. That is
1: actually really smart because that's effectively correct me if I'm wrong, but the coding that in should not be too difficult because that's just standard coding that you can just get from Google and Facebook, no?
0: Yes, yes. Um, so how it works is that Facebook and Google have an API that we to exactly. call, um, and of course, uh, we we also have to make a an account on on Facebook and Google and. Uh, We also, uh, they actually have to confirm our privacy, um, like, of Ofi, uh, to make sure that we aren't taking anyone's information. (laughs) Imagine that, huh? Uh, Facebook
1: is checking your privacy, so you're not taking any information. They need it all.
0: uh, Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, So, after we get Ofi approved by Facebook and Google, uh, we we can add it to our site, and we can add it so... uh, people can log in with Facebook and Google. That makes
1: sense because that should actually make the whole, like you rightfully say, that makes the whole process so much easier because it's a one-click button.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a lot easier. And like, that's one of the major points of, of feedback that, that we've gotten is that like actually registering every, every single time to book an experience is like really time-consuming. Yeah. Um, and usually what happens is people go to the experience and they want to book it. But when they actually book it, um, they don't want to register. So they never actually book the experience. Uh, OK, so that's a
1: cutoff point. Um,
0: yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, and we're hoping that that's going to make the whole entire UI a, a lot better and a lot less time consuming for the yes. user. Yes, and
1: therefore also a lot better for the host, because therefore he gets more bookings. Yes. Ah, so that is, again, a win-win for everybody.
0: Of course. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like you guys are thinking about the whole picture, not just in straight lines from a user or for a creator experience. You're you're thinking about the whole uh ecosystem.
0: Yes, uh yeah, and like the whole entire like you said ecosystem is very important. Like it's all about um like how the user interacts with the website. It, it it isn't really just like a tie between the host and user. It's more about what the what the user experiences and in and, and what the host experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. so that that's really important like for everything yeah. well
1: yeah because exactly like you say the the host needs to have a good site working to get bookings but the user needs to have a good site working to actually make it to the booking and then a cutoff point like you mentioned that they want to book it but then it takes too much time and too much effort to actually register and do all that uh, replacing that by one click button is gold for everybody yes that yes makes sense. So you guys are, with many of these uh, features you described, you're taking a sort of holistic approach to the entire OV ecosystem to make it better for the end user, the host, but also for you as the the site and the people behind the site to make it more as a coherent system.
0: Yes, and that's all really important. Um, Like, whenever we decide to code any of the features up, um, because it takes a lot of time to make any of these features, we always look at the full picture. We we want to make sure that every single aspect of this new feature is going to help every person on yep. websites. And it isn't really just like an extra feature that makes things look better. It's it's actually it, it's something that um, makes the ex- experience better and makes um, how they use OFI better. That makes a lot of sense.
1: So... Um, you mentioned uh, that your time constraint is uh, a limitation in how much you can implement and how fast you can do it, of course. How do you see the technical team developing over the next, let's say months and months and years?
0: So um I mean, over time, I think once Ophi gets bigger and once uh, we actually need um, more people to to help us develop Ophi, um I think I think in the future, maybe like the next year, uh, we might hire s- some more developers uh, to code for Ovi. Yeah.
1: Would you say uh, it's maybe hard to put a percentage on it, but uh, how do you see the the let's say labor demand for the technical side versus the public relation and the sort of acquisition side? You think that the- so okay. Yes. The- um.
0: Okay. I think currently, um, it's a lot more important, um, to have more money for the like the advertising side and like the public relations side yeah uh then currently on the technical side uh but in the future that might change uh once you get more publicity and and, like more traffic on our site and stuff like that
1: yeah but i can
0: imagine that because right now you have a solid foundation
1: and then the pr and the advertising part is important to get more users into the funnel But once the more users come, obviously, you need to work harder on the technical side to keep everything up and running. And so the circle continues, right?
0: Yes, of course.
1: That's nice. So how um, the other two co-founders that we also talked to in a a previous podcast, um, they focus more on the creator side and on the sort of marketing side of the equation, uh, which is a very nice, I'd say, system within the three of you that you each have your own, uh, I wouldn't say niche, but your own part of the company to run. How do you guys organize the technical side internally? Because I can imagine if you come with some kind of coding error that you have some brilliant workaround for, that the other two sit there and be like, Yeah, well, that's great. Just make sure it works. How does that work internally? Uh
0: so I mean, we're always looking for bugs in and feedbacks on a website, of course. Um, and anytime that the editors might find a bug or an error in our code, um, all they have to do is like Email us or contact us, and then uh, we tell them that we will fix it, and then uh, we attempt to fix it in the in, in the next like in the next like uh, day or so.
1: Okay, so you can be very quick and reactive to that. Yeah, nice. Do you get uh, technical input from um, Jonathan as well, for example, when he's busy with the marketing side?
0: Um, well, yeah, uh, we always get input like. From everyone on the team, um, so like, is everybody in the yeah. team technical? I mean, no one else on a the, on the team is technical, but like if they find a bug or an error in an actual UI, yeah, yeah, uh, they will tell me, and then um, I will like I will I will fix it um, in the, in the next couple days. Yeah, yeah. So they find a bug in the front end, but you can then fix in the back end. Yeah.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Um, so, you mentioned earlier that you have several databases uh, running worldwide. Uh, do you have any sort of physical server space yourself, or do you all rent it out over distance?
0: Um, so all our server space is in Azure, and Azure um, has like many virtual machines uh, that they're hosting on. Yeah. Um, and look, like I said before, um, Azure has an auto-scaling auto, auto feature. Um, and basically how the auto scan feature works is that um, once we get more traffic um, they will extend how many virtual machines that uh, we, we have access to yeah
1: So you get there. can you um, um, we should have done it maybe at the beginning but can you give a little uh, uh, bit of an overview of your personal technical background how did you get into being the tech guy at Ophi
0: Yes um, so Um. I've actually been in the computer science field for uh, I think around ten years. Yeah, I I've been coding since I was around six. Um, like wow, that's a long time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and over the last few years, um, I've been working in a lot of different fields. Like, um, I've been in the machine learning field, and I, I've been like in the in the what's called the UI field. Um. Um, Ofi, um, is coded in, in React, um, and that's, that's basically a language um, which combines uh JavaScript and HTML,
1: okay,
0: and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I have a lot of experience and I, I have like uh fiddled in a lot of different fields in, in computer science, okay. So
1: you sort of naturally gravitated towards the technical role within Ophi then I suppose.
0: Yes, that makes sense. Uh, switching gears
1: slightly, uh, not necessarily Ofi related, but um, well, actually, it is Ofi related. So there's a there's a wide variety of experiences on Ofi. Um, how do you see the the technical experiences on Ofi? Is that is that a place, for example, where you can host a uh, a coding session, learning people the, the basics of Python
0: and, and so on, or is that too abstract? I mean, yes, um, that's very possible, and. The nice thing about live experiences is that both people usually have like a computer, yeah. um, and then um, the actual host experience can share their share their screen uh, to that person. So it'll be really easy to teach an OFI and it it will be a lesson, uh, w- which is like step by step, and it's more like form form related uh, to the actual user. Yeah, that makes sense. So. It's very possible, and yeah. Are there
1: any such experiences on Ophi
0: at this time? Uh, currently, um, I don't think there's any experiences in in computer science uh, exactly, uh, but we do have a couple like technical experiences, like on like on YouTube um, and like how to make money on YouTube. And I know you you also have some experiences like on a podcast and stuff yeah. like that.
1: But not specific to uh, to coding, okay.
0: But that's something that would fit Ophi as well,
1: indeed, that you can do yes. live lessons. and It's actually, it probably works better than watching a YouTube video where you can just actually ask questions as you go along, like, hey, I type this, but it doesn't work. How come your teacher can actually look good?
0: Yes, exactly, yeah. And that's why Ophi works so well in terms of online experiences. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and, like, it's really easy to have, like, lessons on Ophi and to have tutorials on Ophi that, are more, like, question-based and, like, are more based to the actual user than anything else. You said you've been coding since you were six. Coincidentally,
1: I have a six-year-old son. Uh, And often, I mean, it's also a bit in the, I suppose, when you read stuff in the tech space in general, but a lot of them say, like, if there's anything you should teach your kids, it's teach your kids how to code, teach your kids how to write, any kind of programming language doesn't really matter what it is.
0: Would you subscribe to that? Yeah. I... Yes, of course. And um, when I was little, I, I, I usually had a lot of fun in coding. Um, my parents are actually also in the field of computer uh-huh. science. Uh, so when I was little, uh, they were the ones that taught me all the basics in the first place. Um, and it, and just from there, like over time, um, I found coding to be like a, a lot of fun. And I found it to like, I found it really interesting to learn new things. Yeah and stuff like that would you say it is a uh, a way to express creativity as well yes of course i mean when i was little um let's see um i used to like i used to make like uh programs to like win in scrabble and, <laughs> and like board games. like i remember like when i was like 10 or something and that like i made like like a bot um to win i'll uh, get my parents in scrabble and that was, like really, that was really interesting and stuff like that. That's cool. To learn. So yeah.
1: you really, I, I suppose you're the living example that if you start early, that you benefit later, no? Yes. Cool. Uh, back to Ofi. So as the platform stands today, um, you guys mentioned um, in a previous podcast that you originally started Ofi as a place to meet up in real life, but then the whole Corona COVID situation made you switch to the more online focused experience. But at the end of that podcast you also mentioned that you know as the corona tapers off slightly now at least here in Europe um, you might pivot back to also the offline part of meeting up and doing things together as a group and uh, do, does that present a whole set of new technical challenges for you or is it just um, on the front end making a new um,
0: you know navigation button here and there and then everything should be good so in the back end uh, that does have a couple of changes that might be big, um, but we actually had this whole si- system in place um, before we pivoted it into this new environment uh, uh-huh. f- for live experiences. So I think what we would do to go back is that uh, we would look back on the code that we had um, originally uh, and then we would just combine it with our current code. And actually, I think that if we do go back to to, like, the local experiences and and the physical experiences. Um, I think a website will have a mix of both. I don't think we will exclude the live experiences altogether. No. Um, I think those experiences also have, like, a really high chance of, of, like, uh, of being really popular. Like, I can see, like, the the coding lessons um, to be really big and, like, um, and stuff like that. Especially, like, meeting with people all around the world which is like impossible to do and stuff yeah um so yeah i think in the future it'll be a mix of live and physical experiences yes yeah.
1: that makes sense actually because why would you exclude one or the other
0: yes cool well
1: that's actually a nice um little bit of a backstory behind ofi and the technical aspects of it uh you obviously as the technical director of the platform are uh, the best person to tell us about that thank you very much this was actually quite informative uh, i hope the users and uh, the creators themselves also learn learned a little bit from this podcast um, if listeners are interested in Ovi as the platform of obviously you can go to the website itself where it is pretty self-explanatory how you can sign up and also how you can become a creator uh, but also just if you want to join experiences you can find everything on the website i'll link everything below in the show notes of course um, if you do have any interesting features and feature requests, I'll put uh, Jacob's information down below in the show notes as well. So you can contact him with any questions or suggestions. Uh, any final words of wisdom, Jacob?
0: Uh, well, I, I hope you guys enjoy all Absolutely. Okay. I think they
1: should. There's something there for everybody. Thank you, Jacob, for joining us. This was it for this second episode of All Things Ofi. In the future, we'll have his two other co-founders that both have specific roles within the company as well on the show, uh, and we'll have some creators and, and obviously people that have been um, joining the experience as well to tell them about how things are at Ofi at the moment. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you guys in the next one. Cheers.